0: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Cheers, everyone.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I got my guys Ian and Ryan here tonight. Uh, How are you guys doing? What are you drinking? Ian, let's start off with you. This is Vikings Happy Hour. We want to see what everyone's got in their hands.
2: Stella. I'm a Stella Oh.
1: Yeah, there Tiny you go, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ryan. Uh, I like to keep it local. We got a Minnesota Lakeville, Minnesota beer here, uh, Angry Inch. I'm drinking their staple, Daddy's Honey Pot. Uh, be careful with this beer; it's an 8.6 ABV, so it'll it'll ruin your day if you let it get out of hand a little bit. But delicious beer, so
1: so you'll be feisty and ready to go by the end of this episode.
3: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm drinking Indeed Brewing uh, Mexican Honey. Uh, I've had it before. Not out of a can, though. It tastes a little bit different than than on tap, but still good nonetheless. So, David? Another you got high, high, high ABV. It is. It is 8%. Uh, David, what do you got tonight? Anything?
0: I do. I am stuck with my uh, traditional Titan IPA brewed here in Colorado.
1: I love it. I love nice. it. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, got some stuff to talk about. You know, the Super Bowl was just this last Sunday, so let's start there. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff going around today, um, kind of throwing shade at Patrick Mahomes because he didn't take full accountability for the whole game, which is kind of what we're used to out of a quarterback. Um, but at the same time, you know, at least in in my in my opinion, I don't think he's in the wrong necessarily. So, would love to get your guys' thoughts on that and uh, in the game itself. So, Ryan, why don't you start us off?
3: Yeah, you know, I was I actually listened to the clip of those comments, and they I feel like we're taken just very out of context in a, in a way. Like, you know, you're not giving the full. Um, Scope of what he's saying. So obviously, he mentioned that, you know, the O line were letting some guys through and the receivers were running a little bit different routes. Hey, Skull Jerome, good to see you again, buddy um the the receivers were running a little different routes than he anticipated but you know I, and again I haven't listened to the full clip so I can't say per se but from what I hear in what I know of Mahomes typically he's not one to shy away from taking that ownership and um I'm sure he did mention those things which I think is fair to mention I mean it is a team game and his team did not perform the way he was hoping for but I I, I mean, again, I don't know for certain, but I can almost guarantee that he probably took some of that blame as well, and said that you know he should have been better, and then you know this is my team, and I should have you know led us to that victory, and uh, and if he didn't, then yeah, sure, maybe some of this criticism is warranted, but again, my guess is he probably did take shoulder a lot of the blame.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think if you have time, you should go back and watch it because I think it's more about what kind of how you portrayed it a little bit like he did take some accountability obviously he kind of said the whole offense was out of sync um and that was pretty evident uh on sunday's performance so ian what do you think
2: well and i i think the the what he said about the receivers is still kind of taking a little bit of accountability he said the receivers weren't where i thought they would be so, right. that's not yeah. necessarily saying that's their fault. That's saying it could we don't know if it's their fault, it could have been his too based off that alone statement. However, I am going to say cuz it's the Vikings happy hour and that's what we're doing. We we got to say what would happen if our quarterback said some of that stuff because I I think you know, obviously Kirk's already under fire for everything. But the Chiefs, uh, their their offensive line blocking uh, was only what we had three games that were worse than them than than that how they were graded out in that Super Bowl game, and so if Kurt came out after those games and said they were just letting guys through, I I didn't have time to breathe. I don't think that would fly very well. But Patrick Mahomes is the is the golden boy. And you know, he and he's even taking some plaque for it. So I think that, you know, it's it's something that he's gonna be okay. He's not no one's gonna care. He's still the golden boy in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I think each quarterback is is kind of privy to to an exception, right? Like Aaron Rodgers and and Patrick Mahomes and even Russell Wilson calling their teammates out uh, in public probably won't get as scrutinized as somebody like a Kirk Cousins or you know a Jared Goff like or a Matthew Stafford. Uh, they probably won't get the same kind of treatment as these other premier quarterbacks. Um, and so, while I think the the criticisms of of Patrick Mahomes today are a little harsh, uh, I feel like it's only due to the fact that we just don't hear it very often from quarterbacks. We don't hear about them. They always take full accountability. And maybe maybe that's something that needs to start changing, right? Because it's it's, it's like in a relationship, right? You can't just pretend something's not real. If someone else is at fault, they're at fault. Um,
3: well, and, and part of it, too, is we don't expect them to take all of the credit when they do win. It's a team mm-hmm. game, you know. You know, we, everyone did their jobs well and, and whatnot. And so it has to be the same both ways, in my opinion. Now, if he's just calling people out and he's not showing any responsibility, then absolutely screw, uh, scrutinize him all you want. But when you're looking at it from the perspective of, you know, again, even like when you take a look at Kirk cousins or Matt Stafford, like we said, how much are they attributing to the win or the loss versus Mahomes, right? So Mahomes right. did everything he could. He's making thirty yard 30 yard throws from mid-air sideways, hitting the his guys right in the you know face mask and they're not catching the ball, right? Where like Kirk Cousins is getting sacked or he's fumbling the ball it's a little different, I guess, um, situation in those circumstances. But you know, I, I agree with what Ian's saying, though. Yeah, I think Kirk would be, uh, you know, on the stake, burning at the stake if if he did this. And but I also uh, don't think that he probably puts up as much um, of a fight that Mahomes did in that game, right? So,
1: so aside from from Patrick Mahomes, in uh, his post-game pressure that we, I guess, all found out about today. Uh, What did you think of the game in general? Any takeaways from it? Uh, Do we see... Offensive line matters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ryan? Ryan's shaking his head no. I I think he's going to fight you on this point, Ian. I mean,
2: it was more than that. But he, you know, obviously it was more than that. It's obviously a team game. You know, the Chiefs' defense didn't show up either. Um, But... Mahomes was running for his life. Uh, and if if Tom Brady was under that kind of pressure, I promise you the Bucks wouldn't have put up a touchdown either.
1: I kind of would I argue feel that like, the Chiefs... Ryan, you now. go. I was no, just going to say, uh, I would kind of argue that the Chiefs defense probably didn't play as bad as people thought. Um, I think a big proponent of that had to do with the fact that whether we agree or not um, th- they pretty much held a couple drives just based off of penalties. Right. And some of them were, you know, they are pretty iffy penalties if you're asking me um, and more it in started.
2: Half, I think. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. More, more um, in the first half. I feel like it evened out a little in the second half.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, you know, Casey had a great goal line stand as well. But I do feel like the defense on K- Kansas City's side um, did enough for them to win. Uh, but but the offense for Kansas City just went MIA for a whole game. Like, we've never seen them look, look that disorganized on that side of the ball. Um, and I think, Ryan, you were probably going to start to talk about the offensive line a little bit for the Chiefs. So I'm going to throw it over to you quick.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, obviously, obviously offensive line matters. Um, now we can take that conversation a couple different ways. Their offensive line was depleted. They didn't have a, they had one starter um, that they originally walked into the season with on that line. And I mean, hell, they had our cast off Mike Remmers at left tackle, <laughs> right? And then they're going against an all world. I mean, this year, they were incredible defensive line. So Health matters is what I guess I would say versus, but, I mean, but, because but. if they, if they had Eric Fisher, they had Mitchell Schwartz, they had uh, that dude that took the year off. He's the doctor. I don't know his last name. It's like three names. And, and then they had, <laughs> you know, their other left guard, they might, I don't think we're talking about this. Right. And it's not like the, Yeah, sure. Their offensive line played very poorly like our offensive line does. Um but you know, that's because they were injured, not because they were they didn't have a good offensive line. And oh, so sure. I guess what I would so what what I guess I would say is what matters more in this in this game, or what I think made the biggest impact was that preparation of that defense completely blanketed their top two targets, Kelsey yeah. and Hill. They had a game plan for each of them where. Almost always they were double teamed and it's, it made it really easy when they lined up on the same side and the chiefs never adjusted. The chiefs never took the time, even at halftime to make that adjustment move to quicker throws or even with, but even when they did, they tried to sure. They're moving the ball a little bit, but that defense was just tight. They were, they were yeah. on their game bowls, hell of a coach. He did a hell of a job game planning that I think he deserves more credit than almost anyone on that staff. Uh, for for that game I mean because he came That defensive game plan was impeccable Now yeah. Tom Brady did his part You know Gronk Came alive that game You know and everyone played Unselfish and I thought that was like Something that was great to see I, I just think that when, when you take a look at it Yes the offensive line does matter You're right Ian but it was yeah. that whole Team that was a championship team And, and, and personally I, The reason why is they had a winner that knew how to get it done on that team at quarterback, and he's done it before. This is a seventh time, and he pre- he. I mean, obviously the coaching staff prepared him, but he got that team ready for that Super Bowl, and he made them yeah. believe that it was possible to win when nobody gave them a chance. I mean, people did because of that offensive line was depleted, but not a lot of people gave him a chance, and I think that's more the story than. The Chiefs' ineptitude at the offensive line due to injury. I think it was more about the defensive game plan and the preparation that they had as a team whole.
2: I I, I totally agree with uh, most of your points there. I think like what I was getting at with the offensive line is you know whether they were depleted or not, their four backups out of five still graded out higher than our starters did in three games. So, like, when you look at it that way, it, it, that's what I was kind of comparing it to. Like, is often, that is that a
3: coaching it, issue? Is that a coaching issue or a personnel issue? Because when you take a look, there's no way that those five offensive oh. linemen are more talented than what we have. Maybe it's just the way that we're coaching up our team or the way we're drafting our players to be more prone to be a good run blocker than a good pass blocker, and then we complain when we draft a really we draft a really good high player like Bradbury or like O'Neill or like you know, Cleveland and then but they're made for run blocking and then we complain when they can't pass block oh maybe it's a philosophy issue not a player
1: issue and I think nine out of ten times I'm probably on your side with this Ryan but I'm just gonna play devil's advocate for a second <laughs> Pat Elfline uh went to the New York Jets halfway through the season or three quarters of the way through the season after we cut him and people were singing his praises over there, but just specifically for run blocking and not pass blocking. So maybe he just did suck. And maybe, maybe we do just have horrible pass blockers in general and it's not a coaching thing.
0: Uh, Absolutely.
3: I mean, you're right. And like I said, I I kind of like countered my own point because I said, we draft these guys to be run blockers and then it's bad coaching, but no, I think it's more just bad talent evaluation of what we're really trying to accomplish here. We should be always. I mean, run blocking should be the second priority to pass blocking always, and I don't mm-hmm. think our team views it that way.
2: Yeah, uh, I did also notice that you forgot to mention your guy of Drew Mia.
3: Well, I've owned that. I've owned that. You know, but you know what? You know what's interesting is so that offensive line in Oklahoma had Orlando Brown, Ben Powers. You know, Creed Humphrey is about to come in this year. Um, Drew Samia and uh, um, Cody Ford. Oh, and uh, Bobby Evans, right? So all of those guys. And so let's take Humphrey's out because he's about to come in the league this year. All those other guys are starters on other teams right now, and they're thriving, except for Drew Samia. And he was an All-American at Oklahoma. So where is the disconnect? I don't, I don't understand. I, maybe it's just he just wasn't very good. Maybe it was the bad, again, where I'll allude to the bad coaching, because he was better than Ben Powers, but Ben Powers is starting for the Ravens
2: and doing well. Maybe when you have four really good offensive linemen next to you, you look better.
3: <laughs> but the Ravens' offensive line isn't even that good. I mean, he's got Orlando Brown next to him, typically. I know he's he moved a left tackle this year, but uh Skura, I mean and some other slap at left guard. I mean, they were complaining about their offensive line play and for the Ravens too, uh, outside their tackles they've, they've been kind of sh- you know shoddy in the middle. Um, I just think that they know how to coach up their offensive line just like the Patriots do and just like uh, the the Browns were able to this year getting Wyatt Teller to be the best graded guard in the league um, after being a fifth round pick two years ago. I mean, I think coaching really matters at offensive line, and we just need to get a better one. And I know Dennison is praised for being a good one. But, I mean, and sure, I, and let me not, like, completely dog him because he has made Brian O'Neal a pretty competent player. He's made uh, – he, he you know, Reeve had a great year this year. You know, so, I mean, he's done some good things too. It's just, it's just weird that we're not doing well at guard. And I want to almost say that's more due to talent evaluation um, at that position for the pass blocking versus run blocking.
1: So I think we've naturally just kind of flown into to the, to one of the topics I wanted to talk about, which was, um, you know, an ideal offseason season for, for Viking fans. Uh, I think it's pretty apparent that offensive line, maybe not tackle, necessarily but guard for sure is a need um i personally think wide receiver three needs to be up there a lot higher than it is regardless of the scheme we run um who knows what's going to happen with harris uh you know rudy's probably gone and then you know there's just a bunch of other unknowns right like we expect michael pierce to be back but the 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 d tackle position needs improvement as well and so does we need another edge rusher so um Ian, I'm going to toss it to you here. Give me kind of, you know, prioritize what you would want to do this offseason. Um, you know, give me like free agencies, names if you have any, uh, you know, extensions, restructures, uh, anything like that. But I'm just going to toss it to you. Tell me what your ideal offseason is, and uh, I'm sure Ryan will have some, some counterpoints.
2: Well, I think, you know... What we saw last year, we really need to build the trenches overall on both sides of the ball, um, both on the offensive line and the defensive line. And I think, you know, you you mentioned that we might not need tackle, but we don't know what's going to happen with Riley Reef this offseason. There could be a restructure there. There could be an outright cut. I do Maybe want to ask you a question. Yeah.
1: For me, in my opinion, when it comes to Riley Reef we'll see if the Vikings – have the balls to go up and approach him for a restructure after he literally just did it and produced maybe one of his best seasons at tackle that we've seen. Um, But if you're Riley reef, like how do you play this off season? Because I'm not taking a restructure. uh, Absolutely not. And there's no, the Vikings can't cut him. Like there's no way they, I mean, I know they get, they gain a ton in dead cap or in, in cap savings, but they can't just cut Riley Reef because then you leave tackle as a question mark heading into the season. And you're not going to be able to match what the teams are going to offer Riley Reef out in free agency. So what do you do if you're Riley Reef this offseason?
0: Or well, if you're and, the Vikings?
2: Well, and if you look at it last season, it it kind of sucks, but the Vikings played it kind of perfectly um they waited until like a week before the season started when he wouldn't have been able to get the kind of money he would at a, at a normal off season to say we need you to restructure they waited they took
1: advantage and, of a situation and,
2: absolutely and i i worry that they might do that again <laughs> um it, it very well could happen but i i agree with you i think you can't you can't get rid of Riley Reeve. You have to, you have to hold on to him. If anything, he probably earned a raise. So um, <laughs> I think you're, you're, you're holding on to him probably at his, his current cap and hit and, and looking elsewhere for, for restructures and, and cuts. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, as far as ideal offseason, I think as everyone knows, we're, the dream scenario that's never going to happen is Joe Thune at, at guard. It's, it's just not going to happen though. He's going to be the highest paid guard in NFL history after this offseason. And that's just not how the Vikings roll. <laughs> um, but so, so one name I'm keeping my eye on is Matt Feeler at a, who, who played for the Steelers last year. Um, he was converted from right tackle to left guard. And in his first year at guard graded out as the 12th, best in pass protection and the 14th best in, in run blocking. I I really think that this is a guy that would fit really well with this team. And he's going to come at about a third of the price that Thune would. Um, Now, obviously it could, you're looking at what is the Vikings philosophy there and are they going to value that pass blocking that he can bring to the table? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to look at him the same way that I'm looking at him, but he's my dream offensive line uh pick up right now and then i I think you do got to look at the interior of the defensive line i think that the the edge position um in the draft is probably deeper than um the tackle positions so you're probably looking at more at free agency at the tackle position and how about this name because i think he's going to be cut
1: jj watt you know (laughs) i see brian shaking his head no uh I would love him and not
3: because I wouldn't want him.
2: I mean, <laughs> right? I wouldn't want him, but can we afford that? I don't think so. Can't
1: I don't think he'll go it? for
2: that much. I think, I think he's going to go for a, a, a team he sees as a contender. So it, it, even if, you know, we might not be a contender he is he a Wisconsin boy.
1: It. I, I think it, if you throw JJ Watt in green Bay with, the, with those, with those, that defense, um, I mean, we're I mean, we're already we're already screwed. But we would be screwed <laughs> even further uh, if if they got JJ Watt on that line.
2: Hey, at least we get to play Jared Goff and whoever the Chicago Bears are going to throw out there four
1: times a year. We'll, sti- <laughs> we'll still split the series. <laughs> I hope you're wrong, but but that defense in Chicago is just it's too good for us right now. Unless you address unless you address the guard positions. Um, because I, I do personally feel going into this off season, uh, I know we joke about it in in saying like, oh, we're a guard away. And I don't want to say that that's the end all be all for being a guard away. But as as far as, uh, stabilizing the offensive line, if you can just get average offensive guard play, I think this team's capable. I really do. Uh, Kirk doesn't need much more time to, to sit back there and pass, uh, the run blocking is already pretty good with, with this skill set of players that we have. Um, Dakota Dozier at left guard, it needs to be done. Mary said it in the comments that she could play better than Dozier and shit, put her out there. Like, <laughs> I'd rather see that than what we saw this last season. So, um, Ryan, yeah. I've had a lot of DMs with you. I know you got all the plans in the world this off season for the Vikings, one, probably including trying to trade for Orlando Brown. Uh, (laughs) We know that's not going to happen, but give me your ideal scenario. Minus that.
3: Minus that. Well, yeah, first off, shout out to Mary shout out to Jerome, you know, staying engaged with this conversation. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in with us. Um, But yeah, I mean, when, when you take a look at what we have available to us and what we need, I mean, Yes, the trenches need to be built up, Ian. I completely agree with you. So, you know, shout out to everything you said. Um, I I don't know much about that uh, lineman from – Steelers I'll have to look into him you know one name I've always enjoyed uh, talking about when talking about the South season is Austin Blythe from the Rams I I think he's traditionally a center but he he does center he does guard he's done both for them Um, he's going to be a free agent I doubt they'll be able to bring him back just given their cap situation Um, I think we can probably get him in that you know somewhere between five and ten range uh, to to come in and, and step in that left guard for us and and I think he he's capable blocker both as a pass blocker and run blocker and he's used to the system uh, that we run because they run a similar uh, you know zone rush scheme and and pass blocking scheme so um, I, I like Austin Blythe a lot in that position uh, one area that we I think we really need to focus on specifically um, on defense is Again, Ian, I'm not trying to take away from the defensive line that we do need to beef that up as well. But uh, I think we need a vet corner. Uh, we, we have two young guys. We have a third unreliable in, in Hughes. Um, we, we do need a veteran presence in that in that cornerback room. Uh, we saw last year they struggled with the young corners And, um, and even though Dancer showed a lot of promise and Gladney showed a lot of promise and heck, I love a couple of these corners in the draft, but the likelihood that we take a first round corner again, I I would be all for it because I think it's a premium position. Uh, and if you're able to get, uh, if you're able to get, you know, a Sertan or a horn or, uh, fairly, you know, that'd be great, but I just don't see it likely happening, um, we then need to bring a vet corner in. So there, there's a few guys out there that that would uh, you know fit the need here. Um, I know one of the pipe dreams is Patrick Peterson. He's not going to come here unless he thinks that there's a good chance of of, of him winning a title. I, I understand that. You know, you guys have a lot of optimism for this team going into uh, 2021. I, that's just both of your natures, Ian. Your name is optimistic Vikings fan, Matt. You're always kind of a, an optimistic person. I like to try to be more realistic i don't see it happening Uh, but hell i've been wrong before and i'll be wrong again um and and i hope i am obviously uh but i I just don't see a title run happening in 2021 um so i don't see patrick peterson thinking that this is a good destination and then on top of all of that can we afford them right but there's you know there's some good corners out there i just saw that aj boyer uh got cut today He'd be an interesting name uh, just because hopefully he'd come at a little cheaper price tag given uh, the last year's injury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's guys out there. We just need somebody to come in and help not only provide that veteran presence but help coach, coach up these young guys because Dantzler uh, has a lot of promise. Gladney, I know he had a kind of some, um, you know, rough patches there when uh, this year but i think he has the potential i mean if we would have went with my boy jalen johnson like i said last year you know he showed a little bit more promise but that's neither here nor there that that, that's a shout out of you miles because i know we debated between those two a lot um (laughs) but yeah but yeah i mean i was on that
2: one but i love gladney still yeah
3: i mean they're both great i i wasn't i wouldn't have been mad either way i just was really a jalen johnson kind of fan so um but yeah so i i think cornerbacks is something that we need to address i think a mid-level safety would be great to grab as well uh you know uh, i know miles had mentioned like will parks you know somebody like that that can come in and be a starter if needed, but, and then also probably something we need to address in the mid mid rounds uh, in the draft with like a Cadence Stearns or a, um, I don't know, there's a bunch and there's literally this draft is loaded with safeties actually in those mid-level rounds. So I, I would love to, to kind of take that approach, but yeah, again, like Ian said, D-tackle, three-technique, uh, Shelby Harris-type guy would be great. Uh, but, again, there's a lot of talent at that position specifically in the draft with, with Twyman and Bearmore. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a lot of options
2: we can go at. Hey, Ryan, uh, let how me... about Richard Sherman? <laughs> he ain't coming here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to win a title as well. And, again, I just don't know if he – hey, Steven, Austin, how are you doing, though? man? Yeah, Paris Ford, Paris Ford would be a good hit, Steven. I, I like oh, Paris yeah. Ford a lot.
1: So let me pose a question for, for both of you. Um, I know Ryan, you kind of alluded to the safety position. Um, Anthony Harris is a, f- a pending free agent. I do not see the Vikings franchising him for a second time. Uh, I guess I could be wrong, but I feel pretty confident that they won't. Um, do they bring him back though on a, on like a two, three year extension? Uh, he knows Zimmer's defense. Uh, he had a poor 2020, which maybe means he could be brought back at a lower cost. Um, I personally believe that his poor 2020 was him just trying to do too much to overcome uh, the the rookie corners, uh, and so we'll have to see if 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 he does come back, if that's true or not. Or do you sign a guy like uh, like Will Parks, like you said, and just draft uh, a safety? in in a very deep class so uh whoever wants to take this question go for it i just basically want to know if you think harris should be brought back and if the vikings will be interested
2: I, I i think you sign him up to a point like if he starts asking for the even eight nine mil a year that's probably my cap like seven and a half seven that's probably where i would resign him but it, You know, if he starts getting offers higher than that, I'm I'm saying I'm saying bye. But I think if you can get him in that six seven range, um, I think you do bring him back.
3: Yeah, I mean, I and I like the idea of bringing him back as well. But I mean, what he's 30, 31 at this point now. Um, Yeah, we don't have the really the cap space to be paying another. So here's the thing: is uh, is Harris Harris is a good player? I I would never say he's not. Um, but I think most players, most safeties that play next to Harrison tend to do well. I mean, Andrew yep. Sandejo was a quality player when he played next to uh, Harrison Smith. So in my opinion, no, I there was a time I thought
1: it. there was a time I thought Mr. L. Raymond was going to be legit. Because he played next to Harrison Smith, so
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, sure, sure. So, and again, obviously, you have to have some talent, but you know, when taking a look at it, you 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 have a, a player that can make the player next to you better, save that cap space, put it into a position such as a guard or a three tech or a, a edge, and and put that into a rookie a contract at safety or into a will parks and see if he can elevate will parks play to that point. Um, Again, to Ian's point, yes, if you can sign, if you can sign Harris to a nice, cheap, you know, five mil contract. Great. But I just don't, he's more valuable than than that. And I feel like we kept him from getting his payday and i think that would you know he deserves to be paid more than that because he is a better player than that i don't think he'll get the 12 that he we were hoping that he could get in free agency last year but because of course we were going to get a comp pick for that um but i, I think that you know uh th- that would that's i guess my mindset behind it i see steven mention malik cooker or marcus williams marcus williams is probably going to be the top paid safety in this draft class or in this free agency class I assume or at least close to hooker is a good idea though I think he had a lot of injuries uh throughout his career that um, kind of has brought down his stock but he was a great player at Ohio State and he's got he's more of that over the top single high safety type uh safety that would allow Harrison Smith to you know do his thing which, again, but can can Hooker get back to that spot and be that productive in our system? I don't know. I'm sure he could. But if he came at a nice cheap price, I'd love to bring him in.
1: Going back to Anthony Harris here for a second, I do feel really bad for him. Um, and I do feel like the Vikings had a little bit of buyer's remorse uh, franchising him. Because I think if you would go back and ask them, given how the season went, would they rather have had Harris through a whole season or a third-round comp pick heading into this draft, they'd probably want the comp pick. Um, but I think a lot of it was driven off of the fact that a name that Ian had mentioned earlier, Joe Thune with the Patriots uh, was surprisingly franchised by uh, by the Pats. And I do believe that the Vikings were, were targeting him um, and wanted to get him in here for this season. And when they saw him uh, get franchised by the Patriots, they panicked. They didn't want to lose Harris. Then at that point, because then they're not, they're, they're not fulfilling a guard position, and they'd lose a high quality safety. So then they panicked. Kept Harris. Um, Harris was robbed of, of a pretty good contract extension. Uh, he I, I he would have cashed in a hundred percent. And now we're both kind of sitting here, uh, the Vikings and Harris just. <laughs> I, it's probably going to be a very awkward conversation between the two of them um, in terms of negotiations for for a future contract, and I, I wouldn't blame Harris one bit if he kind of gave the Vikings the finger and said, uh, "I'm looking elsewhere." Because I do think uh, like J. he could, pro- <laughs> yeah. Well, no comment there, but <laughs> uh, I, I know he kind of watches stuff, so I, I don't want to say anything. But no, uh, but he did Harris-
2: that, like. That's what he did and good for him. That's what he did. And and rightfully
3: so. I mean, he didn't get any play time when he deserved a heck of a lot more in my opinion. I mean, I'm not saying he would have been a great player because it's not like he like broke records or anything for the lions, but he, just didn't get a shot. I mean, we brought in, you know, a a player who hadn't played with us in weeks to play over him when he was with us all year. I mean, it was, we did, we didn't do uh, J Ron Right. And, just like we didn't really do Harris. Right. And I don't think we did reef. Right. So yeah, if we do approach reef with a restructure, he's probably going to tell us off. And if we try to pull the same crap we did last year on him, he'll probably say, all right, peace out. And he'll take a less money to go play elsewhere just to get away from us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I and traditionally, traditionally, we don't treat players like this. So it's just a weird situation.
2: And, and, and Matt, you say we have buyer's remorse because we maybe could have gotten that third round, uh, a comp pick but wasn't the rumor that the browns were offering a second for Harris too?
1: I think it was the Vikings wanted a second but the browns wouldn't budge on a second. Okay. Cuz if well, if, even if they, they out, offer
2: a third, even if they offer a third, it would have been higher than a comp third.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Um
3: But at that point we literally didn't have a safety on roster outside of (laughs) those
0: very I mean
3: mean, well we we had Harrison Hand, who was actually a corner that we were going to convert to safety. And we had uh what uh what the kid from Michigan Martellus or whatever um that we drafted. But I mean we didn't have a viable starting free safety at that point.
2: You could say the same thing right now. Cause we, we yeah. don't, it definitely needs to be addressed. And, but uh, Matt, I, I want to bring up something that you brought up earlier too, is, which is the, the wide receiver three position. Cause I do think it needs to be addressed. I think it will be addressed, but I'm worried it's going to be another like Tajay Sharp signing kind of addressed. Um, but one name I'm looking at, and I think that would fit really well as a wide receiver three in our system would be Rashard Higgins. Um, who's a free agent, and I, I, I think he'd fit in really well um, with Jefferson and Thielen, and, and the three of them could really do some damage.
3: He ain't leaving the Browns. Him and Baker are boys. <laughs> they're boys. Like, they're tight. They're He ain't leaving the Browns. I mean, unless we blow him out of the uh, water with the offer, which we won't, um, he ain't leaving the Browns.
1: I think why he's the three is most... Most likely addressed in the draft, but if if we're talking about free agency, um, in someone that we could potentially bring in, I am drooling over the fact of thinking about Curtis Samuel coming here. I know it won't yeah. happen, but you can bet your <laughs> ass that in every Madden franchise I play, I'm signing him in the off season, and he's coming here because a three wide receiver set of Thiel and Samuel and Jefferson is so good, and you put Irv at tight end. The I, yeah I just i can't talk about it. i get too excited
3: see I you're uh... gonna see some names though. Uh, well, yeah, maybe not necessarily free agency because, yeah, I'm all about Curtis Samuel as well. Uh, there's a couple other uh good guys that I'd, I'd be excited about, but what I've been doing a lot in the uh, you yeah, know, I'm on the draft network a lot, you know, shout out to JR and, and what he's doing over there, uh, part of the original climbing the pot net, uh, climbing the pocket network, but um, is is I've been trading back. Um, and, and taking Tony uh, from from the Florida Gators. So he reminds me a lot of a Curtis Samuel or a Percy Harvin or whoever you want to use. That's more of that gadget uh, ability to take a reverse, take a take a screen and take it uh, you know 50, 60, 70 yards. And I know it's not, you know, probably the, the smartest thing, I guess, in a way for us to take a corner or a wide receiver, but honestly, when you're taking a look at a first round pick, you need to put it on a premium position and the, the two premiest positions outside of a quarterback is a receiver and cornerback. So um, I'm I really big edge on
2: is up there. I'm, I'm big that edge, a, is edge, really edge is
3: up there. You're right. But when, when you take a look at an edge, this is a very deep edge class. And there's not a standout edge that is just elite in this class, in my opinion. There's some really, really good uh, guys, and like Pay and Rosso and 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 all, you know, a couple of those other guys. But I don't think there's like a premium guy. Where I think there are five elite receivers or high end first round receivers in this class, and I really only see one or two uh, premium edges players. So if I can go and grab one of those, and there's three premium corners. So if I can go grab one of those guys, that's what I'm going to do. And Tony, again, this guy is elite and you know, you take a look, you're, you don't have a second round pick at this point in time. So you got to grab somebody who can really change games. Thielen's not getting any younger. I think the move makes sense in my opinion. Um, And, and then again, go grab your edge, go grab your D tackle. There's a, there's depth at those positions in this draft. You can get third round pick guys at those positions, and be and take a look at what you have as a high quality coach in your defensive. Well, I mean, technically he's co defensive coordinator now, but you know we have Patterson there to coach up these high potential guys, like he did with Everson, like he did with Hunter, like he's doing right now with. Um, why am I drawing a blank? On Wanham, our, uh, Wanham. yes, thank you, Ian. Yeah. So like what he's doing with those guys, I, and I'm not saying it's not an important position. It really is. But if you can get those elite players at those elite positions, so I'm all on the Tony train. Uh, and obviously I love Bateman and I love Waddle and I love all of those guys, but you know, I, I take a look at the skill set and what I think we could use is an elite playmaker like Tony or like Waddle who can take a reverse, take a screen, take it, just go deep or take a slam and take it to the house. And those guys can do that more so than most of these other guys in the draft. So
1: just, a I, quick I, I, question. I'm, oh yeah. Go for it. Nope, yeah, nope, you go. Yeah. I, I've, I don't feel like I've heard enough from you tonight. So you go, <laughs> I can ask Brian I, I, these questions I, off air.
2: <laughs> I, I think that, that you're, you're right. I, I think that, you know, the wide receiver three position should be addressed in the draft as the draft is very deep in w- at wide receiver again this year. And you could get a, a Dwami Brown a little bit later, too. That could be super special, in my opinion. Um, I just I can't see the Vikings doing it. I can't after after they used the their first on Jefferson. I, I can't see them them doing a first just, just addressing defense. wide receiver.
1: Oh, first round wide receiver. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, unless Chase falls in their lap, like,
1: <laughs> I mean, if Devontae Smith is there and you don't take him,
2: True. you're gonna regret
1: that for a very long time. And well, I, think-
2: I, I, I I said Chase more because you're making now
1: your franchise player Jefferson happy too by drafting him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You'd piss you'd piss Jefferson off if you don't take Chase if he's available at 14. <laughs> but I think the thing that sometimes we forget as fans is you know, we may head into this draft and um, I'm not going to answer that question, Stephen. Uh, (laughs) We go into this draft and we always think we need immediate needs and we do. There's always an immediate need every year. But sometimes um, I would just like the, the Vikings to think a little bit in the future, right? And while it seems like wide receiver probably isn't a position that they take at fourteen just given the other needs. Taking a wide receiver at fourteen could actually set them up for a long time moving forward. Thielen's not gonna be here forever. And if you're sitting here with a Chase, a Devontae Smith, fourteen's a little high for me for Rashad Bateman, but if if you trade back, maybe you take him. Um Waddle? That's a Yeah, yeah. Waddle, I mean that's a that's a dynamic threat that you you've secured for your future uh and who knows what the quarterback position will be in one year two year three year um but you know that you'll have reliable targets on the outside uh with with taking a a wide receiver at 14 potentially because we we, i guess we don't know for sure how these how these wide receivers are going to turn out so
3: Right. But again, and that's the whole point of, I guess my point here, I guess is that you want to invest that first round pick into an elite position. We don't need to take a guard in the first round. Last time we took an interior offensive lineman in the first round was Garrett Bradbury. And look, I mean, I like him. I I, I liked him in the time even, but he's not doing great. And it's like, but you take a look at some of these best offensive linemen in the league. They're, you know, I think I did like an analysis of this at one point and I can try to post that on my, on my Twitter feed at some point, but you know, there's no correlation between first round success, second round. I mean, there's just as many mid round guys as there are first round. Right. I mean, again, obviously there's more to go off of, but you know, there's, I think it was like, it was very close between first round and fourth round picks of all pro or pro bowl, um, pro bowl. It
2: was, um, offensive alignment. The, the average and, offensive lineman in the NFL was a third or fourth round pick.
3: Right. In oh. terms of where you're going to find them. So draft there. there. And then, and, but when you look at elite receivers, elite cornerbacks, elite edge guys, I think I saw a, a statistic that, uh, I think it was like 20 of like the top 35, Um, defensive ends were first round picks. So yes, that makes sense to invest in that position And that. But again, when we have an elite coach and it's an elite or a deep class, let's maybe focus on the later rounds there. And let's focus on what we maybe aren't great at coaching up like receivers or like cornerbacks. I mean, cornerbacks we do of course, because I I,
2: I do. I, I do think that overall, when you're looking at the team though, and you're looking at true, if you're drafting for need and not, BPA, which obviously you hope that those two match up. Um, But when you're looking at need, I think you're looking at the defense right now. Anything defense, (laughs) like it was, it was the defense last year that was the problem. The offense wasn't the problem. Um, But I'll throw this out to you too, though. I think,
3: Ian, why do you say why do you say offense wasn't the problem?
2: The offense was because because they
3: because they put up a lot
2: of points and yards or. I, I, yeah, they they didn't have trouble doing that kind of stuff. Like the defense. When did they you, when you did you they put say, up most of their points? You're gonna say garbage time, and I disagree with that. <laughs> I disagree with that how, how, come, how
3: come we only won seven games since our offense was so elite? The Chiefs', um, how, offense, how, was elite. Chiefs offense was elite. Chiefs' offense was elite. They didn't have a great defense, but their their offense was elite. Their and defense was still won. middle
2: of the road.
3: I mean, sure. And I understand that. And we had injuries and whatnot, but our offense wasn't yeah. elite. Our offense wasn't great. We put up a lot of points and a lot of yards because we were there, playing there behind be a lot, plays which, in, which oh, I understand.
2: And that could switch the game. Two of them being field goals being actually made like that has nothing sure, to do. Offense-
3: you could also, you could also flip that. We almost lost to the Panthers. We almost lost to the Jaguars. I mean, based on other plays that could have happened in their favor. I mean, Overall, an elite offense is much more important than an elite defense. And I do agree with it's you. It, we do look, need to look at
2: the, the, the Bucks had an elite defense. You, you even had talked an about elite it today. offense
3: They had an elite offense too. I mean, their defense showed up. But you but credited elite their offense.
2: elite defense. Just just I did. You credit I their did. elite
3: defense for their win. I did, but they also <laughs> needed to put up points. And they put up points. They put up a lot of did, points.
2: Did did they need to put up that many points? Their defense held the Chiefs to nine points. They didn't
3: have to. They didn't they have didn't. to. No. And and absolutely, I bet that game goes not. a little differently if that game was a lot tighter. Mahomes was going for home runs at starting in the third. You know, three and a half quarters in, he was going for home runs. I agree with you, Ian. I'm not trying to discredit the fact that we need to fix the defense. We do need to fix the defense. That's 100%. I agree. But I don't want to sit here and act like our offense was elite because it wasn't.
2: I'm not saying our offense was elite. I'm not saying our offense was elite. I'm saying if you look at last year, overall, I would say the defense was more of a problem than the offense.
1: And and I don't think anyone's going to question that. I think a lot of fans will agree that – defense probably needs the most fixes and whether that's addressing it in free agency and and in the draft or just having, you know, people come back from injury or, or, or the COVID uh, exempt list. uh, I think that that can greatly improve the defense. Uh, I think what Ryan's trying to get at is, you know, a lot of these games, you can call it garbage time. You can call whatever you want, but but a lot of defenses played us a little less tight in some situations, which maybe led to a statistic offensively that wasn't necessarily true. And I feel like I don't, I'm not saying the Vikings offense is bad, but I do think that when we head into 2021, we might see a little bit of a regression to the mean here. And I think the Vikings offense will still, you know, put up good points. They have great weapons across the board, right? And uh, you address those guard positions. I do think they can be top fifteen again. Uh, but as far as calling them elite, I, I struggle with with saying that phrase. Um, and I know we could sit and talk about this for a long time. We're closing in on an hour. Uh, the the one topic that we we promoted this show tonight on. Uh, we haven't even talked about yet, and it may be the longest topic we have. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to speed through it. And Ian, I think you know I'm gonna throw you on the uh, out on the road here, uh, and you're gonna have to explain yourself. Uh, Kirk Cousins, a top five quarterback. I'm just gonna leave it I at said that. He and can I'm can gonna... be. I said it okay. can be. I'm gonna he let you explain be. yourself because I don't feel that way. I say so,
2: like last year, and garbage time or not, whatever the numbers he put up, sheer numbers were top eight. They were top eight, and so I'm saying if you put in an elite guard, if you fix the offensive line to even the offensive line being middle of the road, I don't think it's impossible to 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 say that he could be top five with a middle of the road or better offensive lines. I don't so think I
1: it's out of the, the possibility. So, I'm not saying are, it's are, likely. Right. Right. But who are you going to take out of that top five? Because I think there's pretty, but they're like, there's stakeholders there, right? Like you have Deshaun Watson, you, it, that's kind of like a contention amongst Vikings fans, whether or not he's actually elite, but I'm not going to have yeah. that conversation tonight. <laughs> General consensus, Deshaun Watson's elite. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I guess maybe that fifth spot is open, unless I am missing a name here.
3: Lamar, uh, Jackson. you could say
1: Lamar Jackson. Hey, you could say Allen. Tom Brady,
2: Josh
3: Allen.
1: Yeah, Ian, Josh Allen's I mean, your boy. I know, Josh. He won
2: me our championship, so yes, I realized that in fantasy. But and Josh Allen, so like, but I think that fifth spot is is, is ever rotating you know what i'm saying like those top 4 that you mentioned are pretty solidified
1: i think um, the 7 right
2: with, with 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 Sean watson being a a potential question mark i don't agree with that either i do think he's top 5 um but i think that that fifth spot is, is 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 rotating you know one year it was lamar jackson that wasn't last year you know this year it was it was josh allen next year it could be you know anyone I think like there's a there's a, a myriad of names that I, it could be Dak next year we didn't mention him like that yeah. that, that it, fifth it, spot it, it is rotating and I do think that with a middle of the road or or better offensive line I'm saying it's not I'm not saying it's likely I'm saying it is in the in, in the realm of possibility that Kirk could put up top five numbers
1: so top five numbers sure and, top and look
3: five like quarterback. a top five quarterback i i, I like couldn't care less about the numbers i could not care less. okay about no numbers. but i'm saying
2: and and look like a top five quarterback and and have that look i think that with the because we've seen the the darts that he can throw whether you agree with that he's top five top 10 top 15 whatever he's thrown some damn oh, he's lasers. top 15. and Oh, oh, sure. he,
3: he's probably even top ten. He's top ten, bro. I mean, he, he's he's a good quarterback. I don't think any of us are trying to say Kirk Cousins isn't a good quarterback. I just want to throw that out there. He's a good quarterback. He is. There's five, Better maybe six Hattie quarterbacks Stafford in this league. He's Honestly, I, I don't. No
1: hesitation.
3: Honestly, I'll say right. that that's kind of a wash because I think Matt Stafford's in an organization. i like to see what Matt Stafford does this year, and and then I'd like to make my assessment on that. I think Matt Stafford is a lot better than the Lions allow him to be. But, again, that's neither here nor there. What I'll say is I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I don't think he is a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl. So there, there's two different things. No Blacko a, won a
2: Super Bowl, bro. Like yeah, with an elite,
3: elite defense, and we don't even have close to that. But I sure, thought it was Kirk the
2: matter,
3: Mark. <laughs> it, it is. That's why you see Tom Brady, you see Patrick Mahomes and Peyton Manning and all of these guys getting to the Super Bowls often, and you don't see Joe Flacco in multiple Super Bowls. You don't see Trent Dilfer in multiple Super Bowls. Brad Johnson. Yeah, because his defense was elite for many years. His defense was was, uh, exceptional for many years. But you don't see that often. But you do see these other guys in multiple Super Bowls because their offense can take him over the top. And Kirk Cousins isn't that guy. And he could be a top five, top seven, whatever. He's just not that guy. And there's not too many guys saying, out there. There's not too many guys like that out there. And, and and I'll be the first to admit that. There's not that. And real quick, I just want to shout out Big Hig. I haven't seen you out here before. Much love. Uh, shout out to uh, Mary again. And I saw, who did I see out here? I saw another new name.
1: Steven, Viking, Jerome. They're hitting this comment section like crazy. Yeah, they're man. They're, it's just podcast. going nuts.
3: It's going nuts. Okay, so,
2: but. Do you agree? Let, let, we're going the the trade talk too, right? That's kind of what yeah, brought this. Absolutely. On.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: and my argument is, I feel like when you look at the Matthew Stafford trade that he they got, that should be the starting point. Like you should not even you should hang up anything less than two firsts and a and a starting quarterback in the
1: end. It isn't though. Like, it isn't though. Only I disagree. because of Goff's contract. And that's the only reason a second first was added in that whole trade in general is because. they the are really
2: high on Goff. But. Well, well yeah, too, because right?
3: their, their GM was involved with bringing Goff in, but when you, yeah, I mean, they they took on a contract that for a player that the Rams clearly gave up on. And that contract is atrocious. It's hard to get out of. Oh, but, it's a lot of guaranteed money there. It's, it's, it's just starting actually, I believe. It's an oh, awful contract, so hearing... that's why they got the extra first. If you, if you, if the Denver Broncos came in here and said, "Hey, we'll give you, you know, a first, a third, and Drew Locke, you're not going to take that deal.
2: No, I'm not. And and so, first of all, I'll say really quick: the the <laughs> the, the Panthers, the that was just mentioned in the comments, uh, Teddy yep. and eight. That was that was offered to the Lions, and Correct. they said no. And so if we're saying that Cousins is better than Stafford, which we you, you said it was a wash, but Matt, you agreed with me that Cousins is better than Stafford. Shouldn't we get a, a trade that is better than that, is better than Aiden Teddy? Why wouldn't, here, we get a tra- why wouldn't we get better than that?
1: Here is my, my thinking behind the whole Kirk trade issue. Um, I don't think Kirk is a bad quarterback. Do I think Kirk could win a Super Bowl here in Minnesota? Sure, maybe. I mean, Trent Dilfer won one, Joe Flacco won one. I'm sure in the perfect circumstances when everything is clicking, Kirk could probably win a Super Bowl here because this offense is catered to his play style. Like, he can thrive in the offense that we have set up for him.
3: If he was here in 17, maybe we would have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My thing with this is, though, when we're thinking about the quarterback market in this offseason, and we see Stafford go for two first-round picks, we hear about Deshaun Watson wanting a trade and Houston asking for potentially three first-round picks. I think if a team comes calling, and they offer you a top-ten pick in this draft, plus plus whatever quarterback they have on roster, whether that's a Jimmy Garoppolo, whether that's a Teddy Bridgewater, whether that's a Drew Locke, I think you have to take it. And it's not, you're not taking it and saying Kirk's bad. We got to get rid of him. That's not what I'm saying at all. You take it because taking that deal sets your franchise up for better success in the future. It may not be in 2021. I will not argue that. You're pretty much barring a crazy outcome of like a quarterback you draft in, in the first round, you're pretty much giving up 2021 as a season, but you are setting your future up. And I think at, we're, we're very nearsighted on the Vikings, uh the Vikings future. And I think we need to look a lot longer. Uh, I don't think Kirk is here after next year, after his contracts up, I don't think we extend them. Uh, and, and that's partially due to the fact that if they miss the playoffs this year, it, it's a clean slate. Rick's gone. Zim's gone. Kirk's gone. It's just – it's the end of the story. Um, and so and I Kirk think you only had
2: 10 dead at that point too, 10 mil and right. dead at that
1: point. And so I, ju- I just think you have to I look at at the future of the Vikings franchise and trading Kirk, even if it is just for Drew Locke in a first-round pick or, or the eighth pick in Teddy Bridgewater, which – That'll make half the fan base happy if Teddy comes back and half of them super pissed off, but that's a different story. I think if you get a top 10 pick and a quarterback back for Kirk Cousins in this market, you you set yourself up for success. Now the question becomes, do you trust the front office to then draft that successor? And I think that's where the big question lies. We, I've heard Zach Wilson. I've heard Justin Fields. I've heard Trey Lance. We don't know about these guys, and that's the big question. But at the end of the but day, most
2: of those guys already going to go in the top three. Well, like Trey Lance might not, but like the everything I've heard right. is saying, you know, those are going to be top three. So what is eight? So you're but eight if, eight you, eight
3: but if, you. if you have eight, eight, eight and you, eight you have 14,
2: you. that's have not eight, getting you up four to four two or three. But, it, but it, that's not well, getting if you up you to eight, eight or If, three, if you have eight, 14,
3: and if you have eight, 14, and and a future whatever, or even a third round pick based on the chart that most teams go off of that's plenty to get up there because today's first round pick is worth much more than a future first round pick so if you have 814 and another pick to get up to get your guy whether that's wilson lance fields you're not going to get lawrence you take your shot though right like you, but, don't, but, so, you don't, but you so. don't you don't hit on the shots you don't take, right? I mean, whatever, Michael Jordan, Michael Scott, whatever, whoever said that, you know. Um, <laughs> but like, you, you don't. You're, I, you're right, Wayne Gretzky, right? But like, you don't. <laughs> if you don't take that, if you don't take that shot, you're not going to make it, right? And if the Chiefs were content, just like we're content with Kirk Cousins, they had a very content Alex Smith, and they were doing well, and they were playoff team, and they were winning games but they went for the home run.
2: And so, I know they did that Mahomes while holding is on to the I know card of that.
1: Correct, correct. Sure. I think and I don't that's think fine. I don't think the Vikings are I don't think the Vikings have that option this year. I think that we, don't, we don't have the draft
2: capital to be able to do that, right? right. So not necessarily it, true. A Trey Lance could fall to 10, 11, 12. True. Sure. And if you think Trey Lance is that guy
3: versus uh, Justin Fields, or if you think that guy, uh, Trey Lance is that guy versus Zach Wilson, I mean, again, it depends on who they like, right? And who they view as the next Mahomes type guy. And again, Mahomes is like a unicorn. So it's not like you're going to get him every day. But a guy like him or a guy that they feel can take him. And if he busts, if he becomes Christian Ponder, then he busts. And then you take your shot next time. But until you find your guy you shouldn't be you shouldn't stop shooting your shot in my opinion. But at the and same
2: time so like my argument would also be that I would say at at the very least half of the NFL organizations view even Wilson and Fields as better than the average second or third quarterback taken in a draft. So isn't that 2 and 3 pick going to be More expensive than it average than than that trade chart that you're talking about. It's going to be more expensive than that, like a good amount more than that. That might be yeah. And you
3: and you take your shot. If you have to give up your two first this year and a first next year and a fucking uh, sorry third uh, round (laughs) pick later, I mean then and then you do it and then you do it. You need to get your guy and again and if you bust, you bust, man. But you take your shot because. Unfortunately, and, and no offense to Kirk, great guy, whatever you want to call him, he's just I don't think he's the guy. And until you get your guy, we're just sitting here trying to be mediocre or trying to be above average, which is fine. If yeah. you want to be above average as a NFL owner and you just want to rake in the cash, great. I mean, that's their prerogative. But as a fan base, I feel like we deserve more, especially after seeing these fan bases win championships or doing better. And we're sitting here on the sidelines.
2: I I'm I'm saying like first of all if, if if your goal is to get one of those premier quarterbacks in this league why are you even taking a Teddy back? Why are you taking a Drew Lock back? Why wouldn't you take back? Give give me a different player at a premium position. Give me a defensive end. Give me a cornerback. Give me a wide receiver or Don't another pick or
3: another pick. Yeah, you're
2: right. Yeah, I like agree. Another high, uh, another like good pick. Like I would yeah, take I probably agree. you know a uh, two first and a one and a third or something over eight uh, and Teddy. Like yeah, that, To me, that like I, I don't want that quarterback back and, in the situation. And are talking, about and then the go sign
3: there. Tyrod Taylor, and then go sign Tyrod or Taylor Fitz. or who, or Fitz or whoever to, whoever to be Taylor. the bridge. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Yeah, I th- I, th- I know I, think I know the, where the scenario. Yeah. I, I think the scenario about bringing a quarterback back is more so just so you don't have to put that rookie out there on day one. Oh yeah, though. I feel like the rookie would start at some point in the season. Uh, maybe we just need to puncture whoever's lung is ahead of him to get him in that lineup. But that's that's what the Chargers do, and the Vikings maybe could copy that strategy. But um, you know, I I do think <laughs> I do think that uh, to Ryan's point, you know, in your whether or not you view your quarterback. As a as a premier or a top quarterback in the league, or a bottom quarterback in the league, you're consistently doing your team a disservice if you're not searching for the next Aaron Rodgers, for the next Patrick Mahomes, for the next Tom Brady, and if you don't shoot that shot, you'll never know. And I would much rather have these mediocre seasons, taking consistent shots at guys in the draft and seeing them fail. Than paying big money to a top 12 ish quarterback, potentially top seven at times, um, only to see us finish at a mediocre level. It took a miracle play uh, in New Orleans to get us to the divisional round where we got stomped. Kirk's first year here, underwhelming this past year, excuses about injuries, valid excuses, but excuses about injuries and it's underperforming. I think the the biggest frustration I have with the Vikings and Kirk in general is I strive for more. I know what they can get me, I want more because I see more in other teams in the NFL. I see more in the Chiefs. I see more in the Packers. You know, I see more in even to the Rams for a certain ex- like extent, right? Like they they literally gave two first round draft picks because they thought Matthew Stafford was gonna be that guy to get them over. And I want the Vikings to be as as aggressive as those teams are, securing their future and trying to win a Super Bowl instead of this petty, mediocre like
3: no, and what, we, were, we were we, we were we were with Cousins. Guy. We did that. We did do that, but yeah. we failed, right? We shot yeah. our shot so you t- and it was a fail. Exactly so, that's the thing again. you
2: took your shot and you missed. So how long do you give that though? It, you, you only it, like, do, do you get what I'm saying? Like, okay. So let's say it's a rookie. Let's say you go and you give your rookie that, sh- that shot. How long do you say we're, we're going to let him ride. You, you know, he's doing good. He's putting up numbers. How long do you give him? You don't years, even yeah. let him finish out his contract, his rookie contract.
1: Dude, I mean, the, he can the, be on roster. The, the, he can be a Christian ponder and we can have dude. him sitting here on his year four while we have Teddy in the wings.
2: No, but I'm saying Card- so like let's the say Card- uh, rookie,
3: rookie the Cardinals literally the Cardinals Hold on Ian, Ian. The Cardinals literally gave Rosen 1 year before they said bye and they went for Kyler Murray. Like oh, you really? have to then shoot your shot until you're ready. Vision. Oh yeah, no. Right. But you have to shoot your shot until you're ready with the guy that you're ready to go, you know, you know go to war with.
2: And I'm, I'm, the, obviously it's different. If, like if you go and let's say you do I, it, in the crazy scenario that you trade up, you go get Zach Wilson, obviously like no matter what happens with Zach Wilson, he could even be like putting up Kyler Murray numbers up right now. But if in next year's draft, you get the number one pick because the overall team sucked and there's a Trevor Lawrence there, you're going to take Trevor Lawrence. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. You
3: shoot your shot. And and so you get your guy.
2: But like what I'm saying is, is no, it's you know, Josh Rosen
3: sucked I, in his rookie year. Well, he very much did,
2: but, but yes. Uh, but what I'm saying too is, you know, if, if a rookie, let's say you go up and you trade for, for Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson continually for the next three years, is putting up the type of numbers that Kirk cousin is putting up. You're giving him more than three years.
3: Yeah. Cause yeah. He's
1: sure. cheap. Yeah. And that's cheap, so okay. you can surround pitched, him yeah. with
3: you can surround him with more talent. We him. can't surround Kirk with the talent he needs because we don't have the money to. If you had Zach Wilson putting up that number, then we have a better wide receiver three. We have a three tech. We have another DN. We have a great another great corner because we can afford so to wait. do that.
2: So, but let's say Zach Wilson, uh, obviously crazy scenario, we're, we're, it's never going to happen. But like Zach Wilson is putting up Kirk Cousins' number, he never continues ever. to do his. He, he continues to his fourth season. Do you extend him? If he's putting up these numbers, would you extend him?
1: Yeah, I, I see can, where you're coming from, Ian. Yep, because because you'd fall into that trap again, right? Like, you'd fall into the trap of like, okay, he's putting you know, up really good numbers. He looks, numbers, looks good.
2: You know, he's like looks these really good. You'd he probably is. extend but, but,
3: but the numbers don't matter. I don't care what numbers you put up. Baker Mayfield put up... Decent numbers this year, and he got his team to the playoffs. Like win me we games. We can a whole give episode me... without
1: talking about him.
3: No, <laughs> give me hope. Give me win me games. Give me hope that we can win the whole thing. Baker gave that to his ba- fan base this year. It,
2: it, 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 Kirk did, Cousins
3: did has Kirk never given me that
2: last year. Not not no. twenty no. twenty. No, we were, were lucky
3: to win that Saints game, and we knew we were going okay, we but... we to get blown out by the Niners. We knew we were going to get blown out by the Niners.
2: But, but no you're one saying, had faith
3: going into that
2: game. Baker, you got to mention Baker. Baker didn't win his game in the playoffs. He didn't. So you're saying that did. for Baker, but you're not saying that for Kirk. You're saying Baker gave his team hope because he got to the playoffs and he did all that. At least he's doing that. But Kirk and did he, that. Later. So if no, so if like, Baker, but if like Baker but
3: people season. actually felt like. Those fans if in Baker Cleveland felt like they, they were going to win those games. We never thought we were going to win that game against the Niners.
2: If, if Baker comes back next year and, and gives up a seven and nine season and it's super disappointing, you're
1: saying the we'll Browns move on couldn't. from
3: him if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. You move on from him if You need to let him come over here. I'd take him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, guys. We are a little bit past an hour. Uh, sorry, Brian. No, no, you guys are good. This is good content. The the chat is on fire right now, so I love it, but Stan I,
3: Jones, Evan Phil, what up guys?
1: I want to give Everyone watching. Uh, each of you 30 seconds. <laughs> say what you want to say. No rebuttals, and then we'll just we'll get the hell out of here. We'll 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 take our tab and we'll head out. But Ryan, say what you want to say about Kirk, the offseason, whatever. Give me your final your your final not here on this episode uh and, and we'll go from there. 30 seconds though, make uh, it quick.
3: 30 seconds. All right. Uh Kirk Cousins, good quarterback, not the quarterback that and that's fine. Uh if we're okay with being mediocre, then let's just be mediocre and just don't be mad when we don't make the Super Bowl. That's fine. Um, let's try to address some key needs this year at defense, D, uh, three tech, DN corner, and safety. And uh, I, yeah, I agree. Let's go get a, a let's go get a wide receiver three, and let's make it uh, a lot of fun next year. Hopefully, for this offense,
1: Ian, you can't rebuttal to what Ryan said. It's, no, just, it's, it, it's separate. I, yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the biggest, right? Pro, close to the biggest, Kirk. Zimmer and Spielman guy there is right now you give them this year they get anything shy of the NFC championship game all three of them are gone but you give them this year this is their year this is it that you you give them you know you were good last year be great this year like that's it I get it and oh also
1: quiddy payer or bust <laughs> Um, I have no comments on on any topic tonight. I think I have, I went on my rants. I, I've said what I've wanted to say. And so with that, uh, I want to thank you both for coming on. Uh, Ryan, I know you're sick, uh, or getting over a head cold. So I want to appreciate you for making time, even though you're not feeling too well. I will absolutely get you guys on again in a future show. I need to be better at planning my guests instead of the day <laughs> of. Uh, and that is a note for myself. Uh, but with that, uh, thank you all who are in chat tonight. Uh, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe to know when we go live in the future. I know Flip and my buddy Eric have an awesome show tomorrow night uh, called Vikings Hot Takes. And with that, David, please take thank us you, Matt. Thank hey, you, Matt. everybody. Hey, everybody. Thank
0: you for this heated and wonderful discussion. We love it. It picked up when you guys got emotional and got into <laughs> it. I love it. Now, tomorrow night, we do have Flip in Vikings Hot Take. Same time, same channel. But we have a surprise guest. It will not be Eric. It's going to be somebody else from Daily Norsemen. Oh man. You got to tune in and find out. Hey, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and skull Vikings! Skull. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Goal, everybody.